Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2. Once again, a very happy new year to all of you. We've talked last week about our vision for 2015 and the great things that we believe God's going to do. The great things we believe God's going to do. The great things we believe God is going to do this year. With our cooperation. Amen. Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2, and Hebrews chapter 13, 7 and 8. 59 and 1. Behold, the, hand, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. Let me explain to you why he wrote it this way. Because as we get older, we get shorter and wider. And our hearing isn't quite as good. I see some of you wearing glasses. So we change, but the Lord does not change. He does not get weaker. He does not get older. He's not aging. He's eternal. And then Hebrews chapter 13 and verse seven says, remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow considering the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. God will not change. He won't get old. Brother Larson said it today, he won't wake up in the morning and say, I'm changing everything. He's consistent, he's faithful, and he's steady. And today I wanna preach to you for a few minutes on this subject. The God who did still does. The God who did still does. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Before I preach to you today, there is just two things I want to mention to you. Um, Brother East is going to join us on the 14th, which is a Wednesday night, and on the 18th, which is a Sunday morning for both our Bible study at 9.15 and preaching, and he is going to be preaching on the rapture of the church. There's a lot of end time preaching going on right now, but I'm excited to know that the coming of the Lord is near and the church is out of here. Praise God. So he's gonna focus on those three messages on the rapture of the church. You'll wanna be here and you'll wanna bring your friends. And then one other thing that I wanted to mention to you was I got to thinking maybe as we look at a new year, you become nostalgic and you you look backwards. And I I thought about my former pastor who has now passed away, Pastor Frank Tamil. And I could remember watching him in his office with that little light and all of his books spread out, putting a message together. I could remember sometimes coming to church and seeing him in the sanctuary praying over his messages. 
And uh, he, was, he said this himself. He said, I'm not a great preacher, but I am a great pastor. And I never forgot him saying that. He was never on the circuit. He was not requested by conventions and, and special speaking engagements. But boy, that guy had a love for God. What a tremendous pastor. And he'd put together some of the finest Bible studies and messages you'd ever want to hear. And I got to thinking, you know, now that I just, pardon me for being a little nostalgic before I preach to you myself, but I got to thinking I just had another birthday. And uh, now I'm 64. And I'm getting older. And you know what I would have liked to have had from Pastor Tamil? I would have liked to have had some of his messages. I, would, I don't know what he did with them once he preached them. I know he had notes all over the place. And, and I know that, that today we can get uh, CDs. Brother Hickey does a great job of reproducing all of these messages. Thank you, Brother Hickey, for your faithfulness and hard work. He and Sister Hickey work so hard on that. And what a blessing that is to you. But and maybe this means nothing to you, but if it did and it would bless you, I'd want to offer it. I come to the pulpit now with an iPad. I've changed a little bit, but I also bring paper just in case my iPad doesn't work. <laughs> and I scribble just like Brother Tamil did, and I do the same things he did, and then my secretary, Sister Unz, makes me look good. Thank you, Sister Unz. She types it all up, she does all the PowerPoints and she's imaginative and puts all of this together. But my point is this, these messages go in a drawer and probably nobody's gonna see them. If you want them, the first one up comes and says, I'd like your notes, I'd be glad to give them to you. If you'd like to keep them and if you'd like to share them with somebody else, I'd just make that available to you. Might not mean anything to you, but if it did, first one up says, I'd like your notes, I'll give them to you. So, Now today I want to talk about the God who did. There are a lot of people in this world that believe God did great things. I mean, he created the heavens and the earth, he's, he's opened the Red Sea, He's healed the sick, he's raised the dead, he's cleansed the lepers, he's given the commandments, he's blessed the children of Israel, they are his elect. He's birthed the church and those are his chosen. He's done great things. But they don't believe he does anything anymore. They believe it's almost as if God has died. The miraculous was either for the Old Testament or it's something that Jesus did. But I want you to know that the church is the vehicle that God uses to continue to do the miraculous and to preach the gospel. There's still a work that's being done and God wants to use his people to do that and accomplish that. The God who was, I'm gonna give you a few points, the God who was, still is. Revelations 1 and 4, 
John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is, which was, and which is to come. Verse eight, I am the alpha, I'm the omega, I'm the beginning, I'm the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come. The Almighty. So God is not just, an, not just a was, he's an is. And God, who spoke, still speaks. God, who spoke, still speaks. Mark chapter 4 and verse 39 said, He arose and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. God still speaks. He spoke when he was in a physical manifestation that we know as Jesus, and he still speaks to us through his spirit today. If you listen, there's still a small voice. God still answers your questions. God still inspires you through his word and through his spirit. God is still speaking to the church today. And we need to have ears that hear. We have a God who healed, but we have a God who still heals. He still heals. He healed the lepers. He raised the dead. Let me just read two portions of scripture. Luke chapter nine and verse 11 concerning lepers. He said, all the people when they knew it followed him and received them and he spake unto them of the kingdom of God and he healed them that had need of healing. And here's what I really want you to see today. It's not only just a question of if God is still alive and still doing things. That's, it's beyond that. I want you to get beyond that today. I want you to know that God wants to use you to do it. God wants to use you to do it. He still speaks and he can speak through you. He still heals and he can heal through you. He preached a gospel, and he'll preach the gospel through you. It's now on us. We are his hands. We are his feet. We are his voice. God is not dead. God is alive. By the way, if you haven't seen a movie, let me recommend one, and I normally don't do this. But there's a movie out now called God's Not Dead. Great movie, great movie, because God isn't dead. I'm glad to see that there are some Christian films that are coming out now that can bless you and even give an opportunity for us to promote the gospel. But our God is not dead. That's why we were instructed in James chapter five and verse 14, is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Do we believe that today? Do we believe that today? We still anoint people with oil in the name of the Lord. We pray a prayer of faith. We see signs, wonders, and miracles in our midst. People are still being healed. 
I just celebrated seven years being free from colon cancer. God still heals. God still moves. He still does. And so when you're sick, that's time to call for somebody. Call for an elder. Have somebody pray a prayer of faith over you. Why don't you pray your own prayer? Because when you're sick, it's difficult to pray for yourself. But others that are well should offer a prayer of faith. The God who fed still feeds. Can I get an amen? Even when the children of Israel were in the wilderness for 40 years, God saw to it that they were fed every day for six days and a double portion on the sixth. They were always fed and watered, just like sheep need food and water. They were always taken care of. Their shoes didn't even wear out. God took care of the children of Israel and he still takes care of us today. He fed the multitudes, didn't he? But he took what they gave him and then he blessed it. There's a principle that you gotta get in this message. God always asks for what you have before he gives you what you want. Everything involves giving before receiving. We just read it here in in James chapter five. Before God would heal, he wanted a prayer of faith. He wanted somebody to step out and anoint somebody with oil and, and offer a prayer of faith before he did what they couldn't. I can't heal anyone. And if, you're, if you agree with me on what I say here in the next few moments, then say amen. I can't heal anyone. I can't save anyone. I can't open anybody's eyes or anybody's heart or mind. But I can do what God asks me to do. I can be in cooperation with what he requires of me. I can be a mouthpiece. I can be his hands. He fed the multitudes on several occasions. Philippians 4 and 19 says, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. My God still feeds. My God still takes care of his people. In the Old Testament, God answered by fire. In the New Testament, he answers by fire. Let me read to you from 1 Kings Chapter 18 and verse 24. And in the next three passages of scripture that I read to you, I noticed something that I'd never noticed before. 37 through 39s. Verses 37 through 39 in three instances have to do with God answering the needs of his people. The first one is 1 Kings 18 and 24. This is when Elijah said, you call on the name of your gods and I'll call on the name of the Lord. The God that answers by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. So that was the agreement that he entered into with Baal's prophets and with the children of Israel. The God that answers by fire. So let's go to the first, 37 through 39. This is what Elijah said. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and thou hast turned their heart back again. 
Then the fire of the Lord fell, and it consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the dust, licked up the water that was in the trench, and when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, the Lord, he is the God, the Lord, he is the God. Then if you go to John 7 and 37, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. For he that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, referring to the Holy Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Then the third, 37 through 39, is in Acts chapter two. When they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The fire fell on the day of Pentecost, just as it fell and consumed the sacrifice in the days of Elijah, because the God that did still does. He answers by fire. You remember Acts chapter two? You remember the beginning of the chapter? And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house in which they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. It was just as John had said it would be. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. The God who answered by fire in the Old Testament has answered by fire in the New Testament. He's still pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. And lest anyone would ever say to you, well, God did it back then, but he doesn't do it now. You didn't pay attention to the 39th verse for the promise is unto you and your children, and those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And God is still calling. And we need to be listening, listening to God speak to us. Because you see, the God who filled still fills. The God who filled still fills. Second Kings chapter four. There was a famine in the land and the man appeared before a widow woman. Second Kings four and one. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha. And she said, your servant, my husband is dead. Thou knowest that thy servant did fear God. And now the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elijah said unto her, 
What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. That's not much, is it? What do you got in your house? If I said to you today, what have you got in your house? You would go, oh, stuff. If we had to give an inventory, if I had to give an inventory of my house, what's in my house right now, it would be embarrassing. The stuff that we have, we are so blessed. We are so blessed. We, we live like kings and queens in this country. I'm almost embarrassed to say some of the stuff that I have. This woman has a pot of oil. No venison, no cereal, no pancake mix, no eggs, no meat of any kind, no mention of grains, just a pot of oil. And you know the pot of oil is probably left over from something she cooked with previously. We got a pot of oil on our stove, we try and get rid of it. You don't want to put it down the drain, it can clog the drain, but what, what, I mean really, what good is a pot of oil? Except for cooking something, but if you don't have anything to cook, I mean you don't cook oil to drink it, do you? I got a pot of oil. Listen to what he says to her. Well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go borrow vessels abroad of your favorite neighbors. Is that what it says? All your neighbors. And I want you to borrow empty vessels and borrow not a few. And then when you are come in, you will shut the door upon you and your sons and you will pour out into all those vessels and you will set aside that which is full. This is his plan. I mean, God does this all the time. Now let me make sure, I, I, I'm not a deep preacher, I'm a simple person, so I'm gonna make sure everybody understands this message today in its simplest form. Elisha represents God. He is the man of God. The woman represents you and I. All we have is a little oil. Now, one of the things that the Bible refers to when it refers to the Holy Ghost is oil. Oil for anointing. Oil, I mean, oil is a vital thing. It lubricates our cars. Everything that we use in transportation uses oil. Oil is valuable. I'm so glad that the price of oil is going down. Aren't you? The price of oil is going down. I saw $1.99 at the gas station. I'm happy. But oil is vital. And then the neighbors, they represent your neighbors. 
People that live around you, crabby people, kind people, cold people, mean people, friendly people, all people. Okay, those are the three characters in the story. Now, the man of God, meaning God, says, here's how I'm going to meet your need. Give me what you have. You've got a pot of oil. I want the pot of oil. I want you to be willing to pour everything you have into vessels that I'm asking you to borrow from your neighbors. And I'm so glad he chose vessels because we have this treasure in earthen. The Holy Ghost comes and lives inside of your vessel. You are a vessel. Okay? And so he said, I want you to go to every neighbor's house and I want you to say, can I borrow, I'm not asking you to give them to me permanently, but can I borrow your empty vessels? Now, if you're a neighbor and somebody comes to you and says, I want to borrow a cup or a jar or something like that, and, and I'm not even asking for them to be full. I'm asking for empty vessels. Can I borrow them and I'll bring them back clean? I wouldn't have a problem with that. It's not being used anyway at the moment, right? So you, you give the vessel to the woman. And then she comes in and she does what the man of God told her. She shuts the door. Why do I have to shut the door? Why can't I leave the door open? You know, sometimes things are done in secret by God. And we don't have to know how he does it. We just have to know the God who did still does. And so she shuts the door and she takes this pot and she pours it. Here's verse five. So she went from him and she shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. Now put yourself in her position. All she has is a pot of oil and she begins to pour it out. Once that's gone, it's gone. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I brought one of these abundant life cups. When I get a vessel, when I have a cup of coffee or a drink out of a vessel, first thing I do is I look in it to make sure it's clean. Do you do that? When you go to a restaurant, do you look and make sure the cup is clean before you let them pour the coffee? I do. I don't want anything in that cup. I want it to be clean. Is anybody preaching with me today? And when I get that cup, I grab it by the handle and I wait for somebody. Somebody preach with me today. I wait for somebody to fill my vessel because I didn't bring any coffee with me today when I go to that restaurant. Somebody else is going to provide me with what I'm asking for. And that servant, that's why I've told you, when you go to a restaurant and you find a good waiter or a good waitress 
and they do you right, this is what you say to them. Well done, you good and faithful servant. Because really, they're there to serve you. You look at the cup, you ask them to fill it, and you drink from it. Is this too simple for you today? So we are the woman. What do we have? All we have is a little bit of oil. Here's the problem. The problem is not with the neighbor. The problem is not with God. The problem is with us. Because we say, all I have is a little bit. And I do not want to give it away. I do not want to pour it out. It's all I have. I'm holding on to it. Now she could have held on to that oil and lost her sons. Is anybody preaching with me today? But she said, no, if this is all I've got, if this is what God has asked me to do, I'm gonna pour out the little bit I have into the empty vessels. And she's pouring and it doesn't run out. And she's pouring and it doesn't run out. It had to be shocking to her. She's pouring, but it doesn't, she doesn't run out. Let me ask you this today. I, I, I mentioned this to you a couple weeks ago. Have you ever heard anybody say, the glass is half full and somebody else say it's half empty? Here's what you need to say. The glass has enough. There's still some in there. Don't keep track of how much is left. Just do what God asks you to do when he asks you to do it. And you will be able to pour out and pour out. And you will not decrease. You will increase. And your neighbors will be filled. Here it is. Watch this miracle. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Still preaching with me? As long as she was pouring she was filling other vessels. Vessels that had been created for the purpose of containment and usefulness. But when she stopped pouring, the oil stayed. Here's our problem. You know what? I've received the baptism of the, and I'm gonna talk to the church today. I'm not talking to the visitors yet. I'm talking to the church. Here's the problem that we have in the church. We have freely received. And we have been told to give. But we're afraid that if we give of our oil, there won't be enough left for us. And so we hoard what we have. I got to thinking today, I think Brother Matson, at least 40 years, If you had been in the church for 40 years and heard three messages per week, you will have heard 6,000 messages. 
of either teaching or preaching. 6,000. And what have we done with 6,000 messages? If you've been in the church 20 years, 3,000. 3,000 messages just so that your cup can remain full? Just so that you can have enough and your sons and children in the house? No, so that you can go to your neighbors and borrow their vessels. Hey, could I borrow you for an hour? I got this Bible study at my house on Friday nights. I promise you, you'd really enjoy yourself. Can you give us an hour? And you get in there and you begin to teach that Bible. Oh, I can't teach that Bible study. I've only been in the church 20 years. I've only heard 3,000 messages. <laughs> I've heard that preacher's stories so many times. Well, start, you start telling them then. You go find somebody and tell them. It's the first time for them. This is your opportunity to pour out your vessel into empty vessels. And I'm, I'm telling you, there is nothing like teaching a home Bible study and watching people with, with their mouths open, interested, asking questions, wanting to know more. They have a hunger and a thirst after righteousness and you're the one that is pouring it out. I don't, I don't know, there's lots of places you can pour it out. You can pour it out in a Sunday school class. You can, you can pour it out and celebrate recovery. And, and there's all kinds of different ministries, but we've got to take what we have and we've got to pour it out instead of hoarding it and complaining about our situation. They're gonna come and take my boys away. I don't have enough money. I can't pay the bills. What am I gonna do? Pour out! Pour out! Pour out of yourself into somebody else's life. Well, that's not gonna solve my problem. It solved hers. All the vessels were filled. You know what the problem was in this story? They didn't get enough vessels. They could have poured all day. They could have been wealthy for a lifetime. They just didn't borrow enough vessels. They had enough oil. And she says to the man of God, well, you can read the rest of the story. Well, I, I ran out of vessels, now what do I do? He said, well then take the vessels and sell the oil and pay your debt and then live on the rest. Must have been a lot of vessels. Pays all of her debt off. Gets her sons back. Listen, listen. If you're preaching with me today, I'm trying to hit as many of these as I can. You're concerned about your children being saved. Right? Now they're going to take my boys away and they're, they're going to put them to work. I won't have my sons anymore. What am I going to do about it? Pour out of what you have into other people's lives and let God do what God does because the God that did still does. 
I made a deal with God a long time ago. I'll go after somebody else's kids. You stay after mine. I'll go after somebody else's parents. You go after mine. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes you feel like your kids aren't listening or your parents won't listen or your friends won't listen. But that neighbor that you live by, that's somebody else's friend. Somebody may be praying for them and they can't get through, but God wants to use you. But for that to happen, you're gonna have to pour out what you have. Folks, we have been lied to by the devil. Our problem is not a lack of knowledge or a lack of wisdom of the scripture. Our problem is, is that we're holding on to what we have rather than pouring out of what we have. People are waiting for your testimony. I told you that, I told you that I've been seven years free from cancer, colon cancer. Every chance I get, I'm telling people that say, I've been diagnosed with cancer. I know how you feel. I know what you're thinking. I know your concerns. Well, how do you know? Because I was diagnosed with colon cancer. But I'm here today to tell you that if the Lord wills it to be so, that the God who did for me will do for you. He's not dead. He's still doing the miraculous. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Brother Larson talks about when he came into the church and the hunger he had for the truth. There's still people out there that have a hunger for the truth. Well, I haven't found any recently. Well, fish in another fishing hole. Go find somebody else. Well, what if they don't listen? Well, to quote Brother Arnold, next. Go to the next one. Somebody that will let you borrow their vessel. Because there's an emptiness. The story that I just told you, or just shared with you from the Old Testament, there was a famine in the land. There's a famine in this land. People are starving spiritually. And we are feasting. We've heard so many messages that about all we do sometimes is come to church and burp. Another message. It's like Thanksgiving every day around here. All of us are now gonna go on a fast because of the holiday eating that we've had, right? And I've been eating like a pig. I just can't eat anymore. Spiritually, we can get that way too. But when we give out, when we exercise our faith, when we pour out of ourselves, it'll bring you great joy. It won't make you less. It will make you more. I think I've made my point, so let's stand together. I'm calling the church. I'm calling you out today. You've been here five years, 10 years, 20, 30, 40 years. 
You know what to say. You know what to do. Take a chance. Pour out of your vessel. And watch what God does for you and for your entire family. Can I get an amen? Amen. And if you're here today and you feel like an empty vessel, I want you to know that God still baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire. God created every one of us with a hole in our soul. There's one area of your life that only God can fill. And you can try all kinds of things, but until you find Jesus and he fills that hole in your soul, you will never be satisfied. But when he does, you will never hunger nor thirst again spiritually. So what you need to do, say, well, I, what about my vessel, my empty vessel? Well, make sure it's empty. Tip it upside down, shake it out. We call that repentance. The emptying of the vessel The confession, not to a pastor, not to a brother or sister of your sins, but confess to God your own sins. And ask him to forgive you. And let him know that you want to live a life that's pleasing to him. When you do that, wash the vessel. When we're baptized in a watery grave in the name of Jesus, he remits every one of our sins. Now the vessel is clean. Well, what, obviously, what is left? That the vessel would be filled. And when God fills a vessel, it flows over the lips of the cup. This is the lip of the cup. Everybody I've ever seen drinks from the lip of a cup. They hold it by the handle They get a hold of the altar, the horns of the altar, and they put the cup to their lips. That's why one of the reasons that God chose speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance, because that's what happens on a vessel. It overflows the lips. And God who poured out his spirit 2,000 years ago in an upper room, will turn this into an upper room for you and fill you just as he filled them. You want to be like Peter? Have the same experience as Peter because God still pours out his spirit upon all flesh. Whosoever will may come and I I will in no wise cast him out. Jesus, I pray today that we would see ourselves as you see us. As the church, help us to be willing. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 
or email us at info at AbundantLifeChurch.org.